Hey everybody, Nick Espinoza, your chief security fanatic here, and it is Sunday, so we are doing breaches of the week, and I'm finally getting over the weather, I guess, if you will, starting to feel like a human again, but as always, uh, you know, we're going to keep on doing this for as long as we can, but I'd like to thank the following people that sent me a lot of this information, that would be Jay Dance, Sanders Slidnerink, Barrett Peterson, Shuma Haslan, and Bill Narbo. Guys, thank you very much. Now, interestingly enough, Jay Dance actually sent me a message saying he thinks it's going to be a light week. Well, buckle up, Jay, and everybody else because we're going to dive in. I don't think this is going to be a short week at all and we are going to start with Twitter. Now, Basically, here's an update on the Twitter situation. Twitter has confirmed that a recent data breach uh, was caused by a now-updated and patched zero-day vulnerability, meaning a new one in the wild nobody knew about until we did. That was basically used to link email addresses and phone numbers to users' accounts that allowed a threat actor to compile a list of 5.4 million user account profiles. If you recall last month, Bleeping Computer spoke to a threat actor who said that they were able to, or he was she, or he or she was able to, create a list of 5.4 for million Twitter account profiles using this vulnerability on that social media platform. So heads up, Twitter users, that bug has been fixed. Moving on, or I should say zero day. Moving on, uh, let's talk about Ally Bank. This is actually an update on their situation from August of 2021, uh, basically when this uh, whole thing kicked off. Now, Ally Bank successfully evaded claims over a data breach that compromised customers' usernames and passwords after a federal judge in Manhattan ruled that the customers did not suffer concrete injuries from the breach and therefore lacks standing, uh, basically, to sue. David D. Demedicis uh, filed a proposed class action in August of 2021, claiming that Ally Bank inadvertently revealed customers' usernames and passwords uh, to its business partners through a coding error. Demedicis also said that Ally did not adequately test or monitor the security of its website and did not notify customers until two months after the breach occurred. Apparently, the judge disagreed. So if you're an Ally Bank customer, you are not entitled to compensation. Moving on. Let's talk about MBDA, one of the largest missile developers and manufacturers in all of Europe. They responded to rumors about a cyber attack on their infrastructure, saying that the claims of the breach of their systems is actually false. Now, a statement from the company clarifies that it was the target of a criminal group who spread false information or fake news of hacking its information systems in an attempt to blackmail the organization into paying a ransom. Now, the extortionists had acquired MBDA data from an external hard drive used by the the company's Italian division and demanded a ransom to not leak or sell those files. And I quote MBDA, the origin of the data has already been ascertained, having been acquired from an external hard drive. It has been confirmed that no hacking of the company's secure networks has occurred. So if you have anything to do with MBDA, you had a data breach, but apparently it was very minor, not enough to pay a ransom. Moving on, let's head on over to Albuquerque, New Mexico, and we are talking about First Choice Community Healthcare, because on March 27th, they learned of a data breach that occurred in their technological environment, according to an August 1st press release. Now, on June 3rd, a health system conducted an investigation over this incident, and apparently it was names, social security numbers, first choice patient ID numbers, diagnosis, medical treatment information, medications, dates of services, health insurance information, medical record numbers, patient account numbers, dates of birth, and provider information all was compromised. Outstanding. It is unknown how many patients were affected, according to this release. So heads up, first choice community health care patients out of Albuquerque. Moving on, quick update on Illuminate Education. If you recall, there's a ton 
ton of school districts that now have to declare as they were using Illuminate as a cloud platform. This week, it's Apple Valley Unified School District in the state of Idaho. So heads up, students and parents and teachers and educators and employees of Apple Valley Unified School District in scenic Idaho. Moving on, let's head on over to Germany and talk about semiconductor manufacturer Semicron. They reported a possible possible breach uh, basically stemming from what appears to be a ransomware attack. Well, the company's investigation is still ongoing. The exact information uh, w- basically that was leaked has still not been determined yet. This is brand new. And that is according to the German Federal Office for Information Security uh, that basically reports on ransomware attackers. And they are also saying that the attackers are threatening to leak up to two terabytes of data from the dark web on August 4th, meaning a few days ago, Semicron posted an update on the company's website promising to notify all affected parties as their investigation continues and eventually concludes. So heads up, Semicron uh, customers, employees, etc. out of Germany. Moving on. Let's talk about the entire country of India because security researcher Bob Diachenko found two separate IP addresses storing more than 288 million records with some 280 million records available under the first IP address and 8.4 million under the second. Both IP addresses were publicly exposing data to the internet but were, and were not protected by passwords. Now, basically the records were part of a cluster of indexes titled UAN, which apparently refers to the universal account number allotted to pension fund holders by the state-owned employees provident fund organization in the country. So basically this is affecting 288 million Indian citizens that are part of this pension fund. So heads up if you're a citizen of India and collecting that pension. Moving on, let's talk about the North Highland Company. They confirmed that they experienced a data breach after an unauthorized party gained access to sensitive consumer data contained in their network due to a ransomware attack. Now, what we are talking about is names, uh, basically it's employee data here that includes names, social security numbers, addresses, bank information, payroll information, personal phone and email addresses, dates of birth, background check information, employee screening information, and health-related info. North Highland also recently sent out data breach letters to all affected parties to explain all of this as well. So heads up North Highland company employees and possibly customers. Moving on. Let's talk about the Southwestern family of companies known as Southwestern, not to be confused with Southwest Airlines from what I understand. They confirmed that they experienced a data breach after an unauthorized party gained access to their sensitive consumer data on their network. This obviously just is coming out. We do not know the types of data just yet. Uh, The information at this moment is limited, but Southwestern has started sending out breach notifications to affected people. So if you have anything to do with Southwestern, aka Southwestern family of companies, be on the lookout for that letter. Moving on, let's talk about Gardner Resources Consulting, because they also confirmed they had a data breach, and that was basically accessing their network as well. And so the breach resulted in names, social security numbers, driver's license numbers, other government-issued ID numbers, and the financial account information of 8,969 individuals being compromised. So heads up if you have anything to do with Gardner Resources Consulting. Moving on. Let's talk about the survey question firm, a survey firm, excuse me, Question Pro. Attackers attempted to extort the basically Question Pro after claiming to have stolen the company's database containing the respondents' personal information. Question Pro is an online service allowing businesses to create and conduct surveys to perform things like market research. The company talking to Bleeping Computer said that they are currently determining what basically everything about this, when it occurred, what happened, they're engaging law enforcement, et cetera, et cetera. So heads up to you if you 
you've ever used Question Pro or responded to a survey that was platformed on Question Pro, they may have your information. Moving on, let's talk about Gatto, Pope, and Warlick. This are law offices. Uh, they confirmed that they also had a data breach. And according to uh, GPW, as I'm going to call them, this we're talking names, addresses, social security numbers, government-issued ID, financial account information, and these are of certain clients. They also sent out a notice of security incident to those clients. So here you go. If you were uh, uh, basically a client of Ghetto, Pope, and Warwick, LLP, check in. Moving on, let's talk about ARIA Retirement Solutions because their Retirement One platform for fee-based insurance solutions developed and maintained by ARIA experienced a data breach after an unauthorized party gained access to sensitive consumer data through an employee email account. Looks like a business email compromise scam. According to ARIA, the breach resulted in names, social security numbers, driver's license, dates of birth, financial account information belonging to certain individuals being compromised. So if you use Retire One or ARIA Retirement Solutions, definitely check in. Moving on, let's talk about Community Surgical Supply. They discovered that they basically had a third party access some of their files. Those files were eventually encrypted and obviously unaccessible, meaning ransomware attack. So according to Community Surgical Supply, we're talking names, addresses, driver's license numbers, government IDs, passport numbers, social security numbers, and dates of birth for 66,115 individuals. So if you use Community Surgical Supply, Supply for all your surgical supply needs. Give them a call. Moving on, let's talk about Central Maine Medical Center because on June 3rd, they reported a breach as required under state and federal law. The notice says their IT system was accessed by an unauthorized user. They did not confirm the type of data that may have been accessed or what kind of breach this was, but they are t saying that 11,938 individuals have been affected. I don't have much more information than that, but heads up Central Maine Medical Center patients and employees. Moving on. Let's talk about Wysan, Smith, Racker, and Prescott because they confirm that they experienced a data breach after an unauthorized party gained access to sensitive consumer data contained within their network. And according to them, this basically breach resulted in elements, apparently their platform being compromised. They've sent out data breaches. I have nothing more to add to that because I don't have any other information. So heads up, Wysan, Smith, Racker, and Prescott uh consumers or clients or whatever they are. Moving on, let's talk about the Laborers International Union of North America, Local 1098. They reported a data breach stemming from an incident involving unauthorized access to an employee email account. Now, according to the union or the Local uh, 1098, the breach resulted in the names, social security numbers, driver's license numbers, state ID numbers, and financial account information of 23,746 people being compromised. After confirming the breach, they sent out letters to identify which I have to imagine would be members of that local union. So heads up to you guys. Moving on, let's talk about Gatakey Group LLC. They also confirmed they had a data breach, and it basically this was a compromise of an employee email account. And according to Gatakey, I'm guessing I'm pronouncing that right, the breach resulted in names, addresses, social security numbers, driver's license numbers, passport numbers, certain medical information on certain employees, suppliers, and on their individuals being compromised. So heads up to you if you use Gatakey Group LLC for all your 
Gattaki needs, whatever they do. Moving on, let's talk about Salinas Valley Memorial Healthcare System. This is actually an update because they just agreed to pay $340,000 to resolve claims of lax security that resulted in a 2020 data breach. Now, the settlement benefits Californians whose personal data or medical information was compromised in the Salinas Valley Memorial Healthcare data breach between April 30 through June 5th of 2020. There are projected to be 2,384 consumers that will fall under this class definition and receive compensation. So if you are a member or a patient of the Salinas Valley Memorial Healthcare System, you are entitled to compensation. Moving on, assuming you were breached. Moving on, we have to talk about two state-owned energy companies owned by the state of Luxembourg. Now, they are grappling with an alleged ransomware attack that began last week. And this is obviously the latest in a string of incidents involving European energy companies. I've been talking about these for a while, from Italy to Germany and on and on. Now, NSEV... Sevo Group uh, basically said it's Luxembourg entities Creos, which is an energy network operator, and the supplier Enovos were quote unquote victims of a cyber attack on the night of July 22nd. Now, the company said the attack took down customer portals for both companies, but did not affect the supply of electricity or gas. Black Cat Ransomware Gang is taking credit for that hit. So, heads up uh, basically, if you live in Luxembourg, you may hopefully not have any disruptions uh, in your gas or electricity. Moving on. Let's talk about the Oklahoma City home health care provider, Healthback Holdings. They started notifying 21,114 individuals that some of their protected health information had potentially been viewed or obtained by unauthorized individuals. This unusual activity was detected within their email environment on June 1st of this year. They confirmed that a limited number of employee email accounts had been accessed by an unauthorized third party between October 5th of last year through May of 15 of this year as a result of response by their employees to phishing email. All the reason more why we need to train our employees on how to spot phishing. So heads up, health back holdings, uh, patients or individuals out of Oklahoma City. Moving on, let's talk about Prince Edward Island's Confederation Center of the Arts, obviously in Canada. Now this is an update to their data breach. Now the results of a recently completed um, investigation, excuse me, shows thousands of people had their personal information exposed. The cyber attack was first reported by the Confederation Center of the Arts in January of this year, and in February, officials confirmed it was a ransomware attack which exposed some personal information held on their servers. Now, a recently completed investigation into the breach found roughly 3,000 people were exposed, but just the names and email addresses for most. Some, though, had date of birth and social insurance number uh, exposed. Obviously, they're in Canada. So heads up to you if you are a patron of the Prince Edward Island Confederation Center of Arts and have been since before 2022. Moving on. Let's talk about the Association of German Chambers of Industry and Commerce. This is actually a big one. They were forced to shut down all of their IT systems and switch off digital services, phones, and email servers in response to a large cyber attack. Now, basically, the Association of German Chambers of Industry and Commerce, or DIHK, Deutschland, is a coalition of 79 chambers representing companies within the German state, and they have over 3 million members with businesses ranging from small to the massive corporations that Germany has. 
has. Now, German tech news portal Heise.de reports that the attack's impact appeared to have no regional focus as individual uh, divisions in North Rhine-Westphalia, Lower Saxony, Bavaria, Mecklenburg, Western Pomerania have all suffered basically these issues. It's not sure what personal information, if any, is at play here as this is still ongoing. But this is a huge one. So I will keep you up to date on the Association of German Chambers of Industry and Commerce as this unfolds. This could affect, or is affecting, I should say, the entire business infrastructure of one of the largest and wealthiest countries in the world. Moving on. Let's talk about Slack. Uh, this is the internal messaging system used by corporations around the world. Slack announced that it is resetting passwords for about 0.5% of its users after a bug exposed salted password hashes when creating or revoking shared invitation links for workstations. This issue was reported by an incident security researcher and disclosed to Slack on the 17th of July of this year. The company stated that the bug affected all users who created or revoked shared invitation links between... Uh, uh, April 17th of 2017 and July 17th of 2022. So while this was an exposure, salted hash passwords are pretty dang secure for the most part. So it's kind of almost no harm, no foul. Nevertheless, Slack is making us aware as they should. So there you go. If you're a Slack user, heads up. Moving on. Let's talk about the blockchain network near protocol. They discovered a security breach that was discovered in June, which could have resulted in a third-party service gaining access to basically the seed phrases for users' wallets. Not getting technical here, but this has been fixed. Quote, to date, we have found no indicators of compromise related to the accidental collection of this data, nor do we have any reason to believe that this, that this data persists anywhere. So hopefully they are correct. If you use near in blockchain anything, heads up to you. Moving on. On. Let's keep with the blockchain and talk about Solana because Solana is a blockchain designed to support massively scaling decentralized applications known as dApps or dApps. Now, a mobile wallet called Slope had a vulnerability that enabled users' private keys to be accessed by potential attackers. Ultimately, nearly $6 million US worth of cryptocurrency and tokens were taken from more than 10,000 500 unique Solana wallets, according to an updated data from blockchain explorer SolScan. So heads up to you, if you use Solana, you definitely want to make sure you're not missing any money. And finally, and we have two finalies for you here. First things first, we have to talk about healthcare organizations' third-party data breach problem, because every single week, and this week is no different, I report on a ton of healthcare breaches, and so many of them are third parties basically getting healthcare providers in trouble, meaning the healthcare, they're outsourcing their medical billing and, you know, to a medical billing outfit. That medical billing outfit is taking care of 10,000 healthcare providers. The medical billing outfit gets hit. Now 10,000 healthcare organizations have to declare medical breaches under HIPAA compliance. These are the things we're talking about. But now we've got some numbers. This is why I'm talking about this, because SecureLink's latest report, known as the State of Cybersecurity and Third-Party Remote Access Risk, basically, here's what happened. SurveyLink surveyed, or SecureLink, excuse me, surveyed 600 U.S. companies across a range of industry sectors, including healthcare, to learn more about their cybersecurity practices and how they are managing third-party risk. Obviously, we're focused on healthcare at this point, given all of the breaches I literally just laid out for you in the healthcare realm. Now, 
55% of healthcare organizations that responded to the survey said they had experienced a third-party breach in the last 12 months. That's over half of all healthcare that were surveyed. That's crazy. That is also, interestingly enough, the second highest percentage of all industry sectors, beaten only by the financial sector with 58% or 3% more. Now, both of these industry sectors obviously rely heavily on third parties, as I just mentioned, medical billing, all those kinds of things, not to mention debt collections, et cetera, et cetera. And those third parties obviously have access to sensitive data that are high value to cyber criminals. My personal health information is sitting at my doctor office's third party biller, and they know exactly what medications or what diagnosis or what whatever I've got going on in my life. They know this. And this is another party that I signed basically the HIPAA compliance when I signed up with my doctor to say, yes, your medical biller can see this as well. And here we are now. The last hat I will throw at you in this one is 65% of healthcare organizations said they did not feel that their IT systems are making third-party security and access a top priority. And that is a huge problem because in the last five years or so, the cybersecurity community has had a huge push for supply chain due diligence and supply chain risk analysis and assurance, meaning we are looking at those third parties, what we're giving those third parties, and we are getting adequate attestation of security controls from those third parties. And if your business is outsourcing any anything from HR to medical billing to whatever you're doing, whatever your sector, you've got to make sure you are checking them and you are getting these adequate attestations of security controls. Go to your third parties, ask them what certifications they have, ask them what security controls they have. Your business might have gotten basically a list of, hey, here's 200 questions from your large customers asking you that same thing. You should be doing the same thing as well. It keeps everybody honest. We have to stop these breaches from third parties and third parties are continuously targeted. And finally, finally, and this is the last one I want to talk about today. Let's talk about the FTC or Federal Trade Commission here in the United States because a new federal bill would broaden the FTC's role in cybersecurity and data breach disclosures. I think this is a really good thing if it passes. Here's what's going on. Last week, the House Energy and Commerce Committee advanced H.R. 4551 or the, quote, reporting attacks from nations selected for oversight and monitoring web attacks and ransomware from Enemies Act. That's a very, very long thing, but here we are. Now, if this becomes law, H.R. 4551 would amend Section 14 of the U.S. Safe Web Act of 2006. That's how far back some of our laws on the internet go. It's crazy. Uh, basically, this would, ena- this would, this would um, amend that, like I said, Section 14 of the 2006 Safe, Web, 2006 Safe Web Act. The FTC would then have to release support, a report annually on the following things. The first thing is the FTC report would be focused on cross-border complaints received that involved ransomware or other cyber-related attacks committed by Russia, China, North Korea, or Iran, or the second part, individuals or companies that are located in or have ties direct or indirectly to those countries collectively known as specified entities, meaning we are going to get transparent reports on just how Russia, China, North Korea, Iran, or companies or organizations directly or indirectly related to them in their countries are attacking us on a regular basis. I think that's great. Now, the second part of this is that the number and details of cross-border complaints received by the FTC, including uh, which such complaints were acted upon and which such complaints were not acted upon that involve ransomware or other cyber-related attacks that were committed by these specified entities, meaning we're going to get that transparency. On top of this, a description of trends in the number of cross-border complaints received by the FTC that relate to these incidents uh, by these specified entities are also going to happen. So we're going to start to see trending 
year over year of just how bad the Russians or whoever are attempting to hit us. On top of this, and this is point number four, identification and details of foreign agencies, including foreign law enforcement agencies located in Russia, China, North Korea, and Iran, which the FTC has cooperated and the results of that cooperation, including any foreign agency action or lack thereof. Meaning if they say, yes, we'll help you, comrades, and they do, great. If not, the FTC is going to report that to us as well. On top of this, and mind you, this is public. We'll all get to see this. A description of FTC litigation in relation to cross-border complaints brought in foreign courts as a result of litigation. We've done this multiple times. The guy that broke into Yahoo on behalf of the Russian intelligence, on behalf of Russian intelligence, was sitting in Toronto, Canada. Obviously, we went to Toronto or Canada Got an extradition. That's a foreign court. Here we are. Number six, any recommendations for legislation that may advance the security of the United States uh, and United States companies against ransomware and other cyber-related attacks, meaning the FTC is going to come up with a thing that says, hey, here are government entities, here are corporations, here's what you can do to start mitigating a lot of these issues as we see these evolving over time as we are now looking at and watching the trending analysis coming from Russia, China, North Korea, and Iran. And finally, any recommendations for U.S. citizens and U.S. businesses uh, non-related to the U.S. government to implement best practices, meaning, hey, grandma in Idaho to small business in New York, here's what you can do to help mitigate these things, which is huge. Any information we can get to individuals, small businesses, all the way up to massive in government is so, so important. So those were your breaches of the week. Not a light week after all, was it, Jay? And please like, share, follow me here on Facebook and Twitter at Nick AESP. And please feel free to subscribe to me at YouTube as well. And as always, stay safe, stay online, and please attempt to stay private. Thanks, everyone.